I'm Audrey Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of the San Francisco Chronicle, and you're listening to Fifth Emission. Today, we're going to try to lighten the mood a little bit with something that's still very serious. Federal health officials say if you have to leave your house during the current pandemic, you should wear a mask. But it's also clear that those are increasingly hard to find. Hospitals are struggling to find enough masks for nurses and doctors. And so how are you, the average person, supposed to cope with this new directive? Joining me today to talk about this is our most fashionable reporter by far, Tony Bravo. Tony, uh, first question, why am I talking to you about this? Why are you so passionate about the mask situation? Well, the reason that I wrote about the mask situation, Audrey, is because San Francisco's local fashion community really picked up that baton, as has the fashion industry in New York, in parts of Europe. It's become a really natural thing that places that were previously making red carpet gowns or wedding dresses or sustainable fashion would suddenly use the excess stock in their showrooms that's no longer devoted to making clothing to instead making cloth masks and other types of personal protective equipment. And who's doing that in the in the fashion industry and also in California? In the fashion industry in New York, one of the first people to really jump on that bandwagon was Christian Siriano. You may not know him uh, from do. his fashion I work. I do. You do. He was I also do. on Project Runway, yes. and I think he's the current mentor on the show now. Yeah, I, I I actually think he's really great. He was he was the first person I saw on social media, so I'm I'm surprised um, I didn't miss some other ones. And what was he doing um, to help with the mask situation? He converted his workrooms over to producing masks. And uh, even in Europe, there's been major moves with the fashion industry moving towards COVID-related manufacturing projects. Louis Vuitton uh, conglomerate decided to take all of their cosmetics and perfume factories and turn them into places that could make hand sanitizer and other um, liquid uh, antibacterial, antiviral products. Um, here in California... In San Francisco, it's really noteworthy to point out that Gap Incorporated, the uh, parent company which owns the Gap, uh, previously Old Navy, Athleta, and several other companies, has also uh, turned over its production towards making uh, protective masks and other personal protective equipment. And are they making them for the health workers on the front lines primarily, or are they making them for consumers? They are making them for the health workers on the front lines. There are other places, um, other smaller designers, smaller brands that are also making them for healthcare workers, some of which are now opening up for consumers. American Giant is part is also based here in San Francisco, and they've turned their production over to doing masks uh, that are for medical professionals. Amy Cushel, who was previously a bridal designer in San Francisco, who made the move over to doing all sustainable fashion about a year ago, just did a GoFundMe campaign to provide 2,500 cloth masks that actually go over the N95 masks, the disposable ones, as a way of preserving the longevity of these disposable masks. Because many healthcare workers have reported to her and to other people that they were being asked to wear things that were only intended for limited use for several days in a row. And the idea of putting a cloth mask 
that would cover the disposable N95 over it was that it could extend the life. And as a designer that's not focused on sustainability, she liked the idea that it would actually cause less waste in, in the long run. That's a really interesting idea because then you, you prolong the use of those masks. Do they throw away the cloth ones or can they launder them? They can be laundered. Um, She was making them out of some of her sustainable fabric stock, uh, a lot of cottons, poplins, things that were able to be washed. It really wouldn't do anyone any good if you had to go and have your cloth mask dry cleaned after a long shift at the hospital or something. Um, She's also saying that she might pivot towards doing masks as um, something that could be consumer facing once she's done with this initial round of 2500 for medical professionals that have requested them. She said medical professionals from all over California and all over the United States reached out to her since she put up on social media that she was pursuing this project. Interestingly, she told me that several of the people that came to her were brides that she had previously dressed in her career as a custom wedding dress designer and that they were sometimes reaching out for themselves. They were reaching out for spouses or family members that were in the medical fields. And some of them really just wanted a, a mask that they could wash, that they could use when they went out for sort of appropriate personal protection and social distancing. That's really interesting. Is, is it is it terrible that part of me, maybe I'm just the cynical journalist, I, I think, well, of course, luxury designers are pivoting to do something um, that's going to be consumer facing because a lot of us were not going out in public. Uh, we're not wearing, um, maybe you don't buy as many clothes if you're just going to stay at home. Their economics are clearly hurting too. Do you have a sense of where the balance is between just being good business and being philanthropic for these companies? So far, most of the companies I've seen in the Bay Area have been focused on medical professionals and they are donating the um, what, what their inventory, what they're making. And they are also using existing fabric that they have in their factories quite frequently, or they are paying for additional fabric out of cost. Amy's GoFundMe uh, fundraiser, for example, was really just to cover some additional materials and some shipping costs that she had been so far Uh, fronting out of pockets. Um, I've definitely seen more ads, especially on social media in the last three weeks for companies that make uh, different forms of N95 masks, which I don't think is surprising at all, given that we've certainly been Googling them a lot as journalists and looking for different places and different standards of production that are in place. And social media picks up on that. Also, it is just what's trending. It is what people are buying. It is what people are looking for right now. I think so far the balance is towards uh, philanthropic uh, production, but it is inevitable that local designers and that big companies are going to start trying to focus on consumer-facing things and that these things will also have some aesthetic point of view to them. It's becoming actually um, possibly a separate category within apparel for fashion companies to look at. I wouldn't be surprised if some of the big guys out here like eventually Gap, like eventually American Giant, start producing things that they sell directly to customers. That's so interesting because it used to be, you know, to see somebody wearing a mask on the street before the coronavirus, I mean, you might see it, you know, I I saw it when I went to China and, and certain cultures maybe do that, but you wouldn't see your average American walking down the street wearing a mask. So you think that's going to change for the long term? 
You know, Amy offered up something really interesting. She said, wouldn't it be interesting if it, we did end up having something like a COVID season, like a cold and flu season, where people did regularly have to incorporate masks into their personal wardrobes and into just their personal self-protection and hygiene habits? I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with the ultimate um, seasonability of COVID-19. But if this is something that reoccurs, it would make sense for us to um, invest in personal protective masks and also to choose pieces that fit in with our lifestyles. One of the things that's part of our lifestyle is, is certainly comfort. But also, if we if you plan ahead and you have a choice, you might go for the the mask that sort of better suits your personality or better suits your personal style. Excellent. I want to ask you about your personal style and your mask use. But let's take a break before we get to that. I'm speaking with reporter Tony Bravo about masks, um, how you can get one, how you can make one. We'll be back right after this. Tony, before we went to break, you started talking about how um, you could see a world in which we're not just wearing masks when there's a pandemic, but when there's a general flu and cold season, even after we have a vaccine for the novel coronavirus, which makes me want to ask, what what's your current mask situation? I am wearing a N95 that has a ventilator that you can actually take in and out and do some sanitation on um, in order to prolong the life um, overall of the mask. Over that, I am putting different cloth pieces, usually tying a scarf around that mask and around my face, um, sometimes a bandana. It it depends on my mood, Audrey, if we want to have a little fun with this now. Sometimes I do the bandana because I want to feel like a kicky cowboy about ready to rob a bank. Or sometimes I put that really bad imitation Hermes scarf that I bought years ago at a thrift store that has designer names intentionally misspelled on it so as to avoid copyright infringements. Um, that's I put that on when I want to feel kind of fancy. You know, it, it says Chanel instead of Chanel. <laughs> and Hermes is, is misspelled on it too. Um, I can't times, believe you own such a thing, Tony. <laughs> I, I love things that poke fun at the... Um, kind of the idols of fashion you know you gotta this stuff can't be taken too seriously it's personal expression but if you have the opportunity to make somebody laugh with something that you're wearing um i would say go for it you know we're living in a really serious time right now our our whole coverage basis has become virus based and you know my career is certainly taking a turn with what I'm covering. If somebody sees that Chanel is misspelled on my scarf when I'm out on one of my mandated allowed walks a day or in my socially distant trip to the pharmacy, then I'm glad I was able to bring that into their life. We have so many terrible things going on. A laugh is worth it. Yes, absolutely. When you're making those, like a, a bandana tied around is one thing. Um, have you looked up any tutorials that you would recommend on how to make a mask? I know we have printed one on SF Chronicle in the Chronicle. We have one on sfchronicle.com. But what do you what do you recommend? You know, that's actually the one that I was going to point to, not just because I am being good and pointing back at our own content, but I found it to be one of the easier ones to understand. I'm not crafty. I am uh, somebody that should never be allowed to be in possession of a hot glue gun. And I felt the Chronicle instructions were pretty easy. Amy Cushell actually went off of um, a design that a nurse put online that's linked within my story about Amy Cushell. 
Um, that one was was a pretty easy design. If you're somebody that's a little bit more advanced, it can do a bit of sewing with it. Um, I, I would point back to the Chronicle example, though, Audrey. We did good work on that one. Oh, excellent. Um, I can't use a hot glue gun, and the sewer in our family is my husband, so I, I don't think we're going to be doing that anytime in the future, too. Um, what What materials are good for people if they want to... If they want to give themselves a little bit more than just an N95 mask or bandana, what materials should they be looking for to make them out of? That's an interesting question. There's still some disagreement on whether you want something that does have a degree of breathability for your own personal comfort and also so you don't suffocate underneath it, which, you know, would be harder to do, but still something to keep in mind. Some people think that you need something that is more tightly wound, uh, tightly woven, that will prevent not only you inhaling somebody else's germs, but from letting your own sort of seep out on that. Amy used... um, Cottons and poplins primarily, um, and not only because that's what she had in stock, but she's a believer in um, having things that have a little bit more breathability for personal comfort. One of the things she said to me that I thought was interesting was if these are more comfortable to wear, people will get in the habit of wearing them. Of course, within comfort, you also have to keep in mind things like full coverage, and in the case of her masks, being able to actually fit over a disposable N95. But the easier these are to wear, I think the more likely it is that people are going to invest in their own masks for the present or possibly for future um, viral seasons, and also really wear them and incorporate them into their lifestyles. Yeah, I, I hate wearing them. I really do. And because it just gets hot and then I touch it and then I think I'm not doing this right because I shouldn't be touching my face, but I can't breathe. And so <laughs> I like it's just I, I feel like every time I go out with the mask, it is I, I'm doing more damage <laughs> than I'm probably doing good at the end because I can't breathe very well. Can I ask a question, Audrey, yeah. about your mask style? Are you putting on any um, makeup or any facial product, lipstick underneath your mask, or do you have any on before you put your masks on? Um, you know, I, I will say normally I would not worry about it that much, but we've been interviewing job candidates, uh, so I don't want to look like a crazy lady when I'm doing Zoom. So usually I am wearing makeup when I go outside afterwards with it on, but I don't think it would be something I would uh, necessarily want to do for me. What 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 do you think is going to happen? I mean, cosmetics is a really interesting thing. So is facial hair. I mean, we've seen a lot of yeah, recommendations absolutely. that people shave. What do you what do you think the implications are going to be for other industries? During my time as the runway and trend reporter at Style, I was notably on the record as not being a huge fan of the ZZ Top beard. Uh, part of it was purely aesthetic. The other part of it was studies that showed there are all kinds of creepy, crawly, nasty bacteria that can live in an unkempt, longer beard. So um, I think that if the COVID-19 pandemic brings an end to some of the more extreme facial hairstyles, um, I'd hate to say that it's an upside of a global pandemic, but it is at least a minor positive. I'm fascinated by whether or not we're going to take a totally different look at cosmetics uh, in the next few weeks, possibly in the next few months or years. 
I know a lot of people, men and women, um, that do put on lip products, whether it's a non-colored gloss or lip conditioner or something like a like a bright lipstick to as part of their personal grooming habits. That's not really going to be something that's convenient if part of your lifestyle is also wearing masks for part of the year. Um, I'm wondering if we might actually see a um, increase in sales of products for, you know, like eyeshadows or mascaras to combat the fact that people might not be investing in that $40 Tom Ford lipstick the way they once were because it's going to get smeared under a mask or they're just not going to have the occasion to wear it when they go out. Well, I mean, we know that has happened in other cultures. I'm thinking specifically where women wear a lot of facial coverings, but they play up their eyes a lot because it's one way that you can express some level of individual individuality while still wearing a full face covering. Absolutely. I think once we're out of sort of the crisis mode of managing personal hygiene, personal protection in this, there will inevitably be more aesthetic takes on the mask and how you work around the mask. Fashion and grooming have always been a really keen part of understanding the story of the times that we live in. They are an anthropological document of the world we are in. And these masks are probably one of the most significant personal accessory stories that I've seen in my years writing about fashion and writing about lifestyle. Um, it's remarkable how urgent this issue has has been taken up by the industry. Uh, usually these things take a minute to gestate or for designers to throw their hats into uh, these manufacturing product projects. Um, I've been very impressed by the fact that locally, especially people have jumped in with both feet in producing these because they sense how important it is that we protect ourselves. Absolutely. I think that's really well said. Um, my last question for you, you, you are the guy that I go to whenever I have a question about whether I'm doing something right in the newsroom. Um, what are the do not do's by Tony Bravo when it comes to wearing a mask? I would say you want to make sure that you keep it on consistently when you're out in public. I mean, if we're talking about just sort of the health nature of it, um, not removing it when you're in close proximity to other people. I've become really dependent on wearing my mask, especially when I'm in a store or a pharmacy or a place that's enclosed because, uh, frankly, people are not as great at the social distancing once they're inside these establishments, I'm noticing. Um, yes, they may limit the number of people to go into that Whole Foods, but the way that they act once they're inside in those narrow aisles can be anything but um, 100% to the current standards that we're operating under. Aesthetically, I would say, you know, aesthetic is going to, for a while, be the second tier of the mask uh, issue. But if you can have fun with it, if you can pick a fabric that you think in some way expresses some whimsy or something about your personality, I've seen people using fabric with interesting patterns or design motifs on them or trying to match whatever they're wrapping around their face to some other part of their fashion story that day. I say go with it. Our fun is in very limited supply right now. If you can be safe with your choice of mask and also 
make a little bit of a statement about your personal style during this time, I say go for it. Like I said, if your mask can make somebody smile, even if you just paint a big ridiculous grin across your cloth mask, then I feel like you should do what you can to uplift the people around you. Wearing a slightly more fashiony version of the mask can be our equivalent of singing off of our balconies. <laughs> I think that's a great uh, place to end this, Tony. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Chief. I'd like to thank Tony Bravo for being with me today. Thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode. And thank you for listening. Fifth Emission is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. If you like this podcast, please consider becoming a financial supporter of the largest newsroom in Northern California. You can sign up for a San Francisco Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod.